Imagine you, yes you, suddenly find yourself leading a complex project with all eyes on you for guidance. Wait a minute, you're not a certified project manager, but here you are. You're expected to deliver on the results like never before. What are you going to do now? Hey, if you're new to the channel, I go by the name of E.D. For all you smart and intelligent folks out there, listen, that just simply means, Ed, I have an eight-point framework in which of these eight points. I'm hoping that I'll be able to provide value to you in which that you can take and apply it to whatever you're doing uh, within your business today. Can I share a story with you? Let's be honest. In this world we called life. <laughs> there may be a reality of countless opportunities for you to be in front of being able to, having to, I should say, lead a project. Yet, you think you don't have the project management skills to take on this endeavor. Today, I'm going to disagree with you. Today's episode is entitled, Project Management for Non-Project Managers. Again, Project Management for Non-Project Managers. You see, family, the reason why I talk about this, this, this career, this thing that I love, that I hope that you will eventually fall in love with called project management is because we do it on a day-to-day -day in our personal life and even in business that we sometimes don't even understand the grasp of that we actually do this. See, there's a difference. I love what uh, Les Brown, he would always talk about this. He said, there's a difference of where you sit down or you try and sit down. You know, a lot of people will try a lot of different things, but when you ask them, did you sit down or did you try and sit down? They said, I sat down. And so I use that, I use that analogy or that cliche in a sense to say that family, we are all project managers. We just don't know it. To, to, we just don't know it yet. I'm going to uncover that today. And also, I'm going to give you a couple tidbits of what when you see these, see a couple of these eight points, you might say, wow, you know, I didn't even think about it like that. So let's jump into the eight points. Point number one, you have to have the ability to uh, have influence without authority. Again, influence without authority. What does that look like? Being able to inspire and motivate and to get people to uh, execute on things as far as task items even though you're not their leader, even though you're not their manager, even though they're not your direct report. You see, there's a certain thing of being able to balance that particular horizon and have a versatile skill set and being able to have a such of an influence. Wait a minute, you know I have to park there parenthetically and say, this is the reason why, again, I created the book, The Magnetic project manager. See, the whole point of this book is to have influence. The whole point of this book is be able to communicate effectively. We're constantly learning how to improve our communication and in being able to improve our communication, it requires us to actually work on it. You know what? I want to share a story, another short, another little short story with you. Again, pick up this book if you haven't, family. I was, I was asked by somebody, man, you know, why didn't you start doing these, you know, YouTube videos earlier? And I was like, well, you know, I just didn't have, I don't have the experience. I don't know all the different things, you know, the hooks and the storytelling and all of these things. And my friend looked at me and said, dude, it has nothing to do with any of those things you do. Yes, 
You need to learn them. Yes, you do need to get better at them. Yes, you need to work on them. But you know what you need to do? You need to get started. If this is something you're interested in, which I know you are because you had a podcast that had 258 episodes, if this is something that you're interested in, excuse me, sir, I mean, if this is something you're committed to, then why are you sitting back waiting for the perfect time? You see, Project management for non-project managers, the reason why I'm sharing this with you, family, is the fact that I truly believe there are uh, project managers, or I should say non-project managers out there that really want to be uh, project managers, but they may think that, well, they probably put limited beliefs in front of their way, well, in their way, thinking, well, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to have the skill set. I don't know if, you know, I'll be able to fit in an organization. But again, today, this is why we're unpacking some of those things so you can see the parallels in what you do in your personal or your business life that you can say, wow, Maybe I could do that. And that's all I want to do. I want to spark someone's mind to say, maybe I can. Let me go see if I can can do it. And I'm going to make a commitment, not an interest. Again, I'm going to slow that down. I may have missed you. I said, you're going to make a commitment and not an interest. First, you're going to start by picking up a copy of this book. I know it was a shameless plug. I'm very honest and transparent with you. But evidently, pick up this book, The Magnetic Project Manager. Next thing you're going to do is you're going to watch these videos. And while you're at it, because you appreciate what I'm doing and delivering every day for you, you're going to hit the like and subscribe button because we're going to get you going and moving forward. All right, let's move on to point number two, learning on the fly. Listen, this is a very unique angle. You're going to have to develop the ability to learn on the fly. You're not going to know everything. See, the definition, and I'll use just the root word because it always tickles me in a sense. It says the definition of a project is a temporary endeavor. It has a start and end date. Mm -hmm. And when you're learning on the fly, there's going to be a project that you're leading that you may not even be familiar with any of the technology. You may, you may have resources internationally, so you're working with them at different time zones. And so being able to learn on the fly is going to be essential. You're going to be, I'll be, I'm going to be upfront and honest with you, family. I have to drop my head for this one. It definitely will be an exciting challenge. If you, if you put on your seat belt and enjoy the ride, because there's been a lot of projects that I, that I led that I had no clue what was going on, but I knew the foundation. I knew the foundational principles, meaning ensuring that I am protecting the triple constraints. What are the triple constraints? Again, for those that are just uh, checking in, triple constraints is your scope, your cost, your time, and of course, your quality. So if, if that's the foundation and everything builds on top of that, I said, I just need to make sure that I'm constantly checking these areas and ensuring that we're moving forward and not going over budget, either, you know, not going over any of these areas, meaning over budget, you know, past our, our deadline that we've established, making sure we're staying within scope and the quality is intact. In, in but being able to learn on the fly is going to be, a, <laughs> it's going to be a mantra on a lot of different projects and you have to be uncomfortable being comfortable. I know that, I know you're like, what does that even mean, ED? I'm so glad because I know I have an intelligent audience out there and an intelligent family, which I truly appreciate from the bottom of my heart. 
And that's why when I mean by being uncomfortable at the same time being comfortable is that when you're in that uncomfortable stage, that is going to be the learning stage. That is going to be the stage that really tests you and say, how bad do you really want to become a project manager uh, if you're not already one? And if you're already a project manager, you should already know this, that is going that you're going to be in situations where you're very uncomfortable and trying to figure out your way. But once you find your way, you're off to the races. Point number three, tools and trade of the tools and trades, I should say tools of the trade for this particular, for, for non-project managers. Listen, as, as you, as you make the, if you make, decide to make the transition into project management, I call it building you a tool belt. I remember when I first started off in project management more than a decade ago, we, you, we were using Excel sheets. Uh, I got introduced to Microsoft Project and then started using that. But at the initial aspect, we were using Excel sheets because number one, it, were, it was easy for people to, to understand. You didn't have to have, uh, once you got a Microsoft Office license, everybody can do it versus like with the Microsoft Project license. That's a separate whole entity and license. And so when I first started off, the organization didn't want to pay for the Microsoft Project at first until... Uh, I, we, we had to show them the value of why it was important to have this, but we were working off Excel sheets. And that taught me a lot about scheduling as well. You're like, how can I Excel sheet? Because it taught me that I had to keep the main thing, the main thing. I couldn't have it doing, you know, like with Microsoft Project, you can have it automatically update for you. I had to touch that schedule every day like i was in front of it probably at the beginning of the day at the middle of the day and at the end of the day like i had to do a lot of touching with an excel uh, spreadsheet which was awesome St still worked well why am i telling you about this reason why i'm telling you about this you have to be versatile in uh, in having your toolbox and what i say is because if you went to another organization and let's say they didn't use microsoft project what if they use uh, smart sheets or what if they used a, a another tool you have to get up to speed on that tool and getting up to speed on that tool again making you uncomfortable so your toolbox essentials are very very important because being able to be i should even use this word being able to be like a chameleon in a sense until you can be seen you have to be unseen mm, i like that the reason why i like that family is because uh, when you're seen you're ready for the big time you're ready for the show when you're unseen you are working and honing your craft you are constantly figuring out ways how do i use this software and making mistakes and learning from your mistakes I always say one of the things about being a project manager what takes me to point number four is really having a juggling act you know you're just juggling so many different things and you're you're juggling learning about the project you're juggling learning about okay what is the software or are they using excel spreadsheet what what are they using to track this the schedule okay what are they using to track uh the budget okay what are they use so there is a juggling act because you have so many different responsibilities going on and some people they just they could get so caught up in one area and, and and lose another area i was watching i remember uh when i was doing security and when i was doing security the the officer at that time he wanted to show me uh he showed it well not just me but showed the team in a video and when he was in this video there were two cats watch this family this this gets me every time i talk about it start smiling and laughing there were two cats well one cat um, they took the yarn, a, a ball of yarn and, and put it right in front of, uh, of the other cat. Well, 
the one of the cats was playing with the yarn, and as the cat was playing with the the particular um, yarn, the other cat came over and seeing. So they were playing with it, and then all of a sudden they sent a dog. <laughs> they sent a dog in, but they were paying no attention to the dog that was right there in their rear view. They were so caught up in what they were doing uh, with the yarn. What am I talking about here, cats and dogs? I mean, no, no. What I'm saying here, family. Let me explain myself. As a project manager, you can't just get so locked in and focus on one thing. You have to keep a almost like a window shield type view or more of a open view to everything you, that is going on. Touch points is going to be very important for you and keeping notes from those touch points, whether they're mentally, I prefer writing them down and you don't have to share these notes with people, but it gives you an opportunity when you circle back with that resource and say, hey, John, I wanted to know where you were at on this particular task and be like, oh, man, I didn't even see you write anything down or uh, I didn't even know you was keeping track. Yes, I'm keeping track. So where are you at on this particular task today, sir? And it's things like that of keeping of being able to have a jungle a juggling act. Point number five, you already know where I'm going. And again, coming right back here. There's a secret in here about communication. I want you guys to check out if you can in the book, The Magnetic Project Manager. So communication is going to be imperative. You don't like that word? Okay. It's going to be important that you have the ability to articulate yourself, not just verbally, but you're able to put put your words in a condensed form on a email or in teams or whatever the platform is that's being used communication channel that's being used and I've seen some amazing communication and some people think of, of oh I'm gonna write this whole whole page uh, a document about what's going on no 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 you have to be able to take those points and condense them down to what is the main thing. What What is the reason? Let's get rid of all the fluff. Yeah, it looks good. I know it's cute. We used to do that in, in college and write the papers and you have the majority of fluff and then the real detail. You need to get to the real details, the real details of what is going on in this project. What do, where do you need help? Where is the escalation that is required? And being able to articulate in that way, I think the best way, and this is, again, my opinion, subjective, being able to put things in bullet points that allows people to read it faster, go through, okay, boom, 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 and look at everything. So, and then another thing, when you, if, I don't, I'm not going to say that you're going to do this, but I want to warn you. I want to forewarn you, especially if you make that jump to get into project management, you start talking in jargon. Oh, you don't know what that what I'm talking about. So you you just got you just got CAPM certified, or you just got PMP certified, or this is your new project management role, and you decided to tap into Edward Coke Jr.'s uh, YouTube, and we're talking about scope creep, and, or we're talking about gold plating, or we're talking and we're using these terminologies that's in the pinbot, and your team doesn't understand what you're talking about. So you have to be careful with the jargon, even though this is out of the PMBOK, the project management body of knowledge, you still have to be careful because you have to bring your team along with you. When you say scope creep, you need to be able to put it in a way that they can understand it. When you say gold planning, you need to put it in a way that they can understand it, still maintaining the terminology. And when they get up to speed and they say, this is the terminology behind it. This was the, word, the, the, the wording that we were using, but this is the actual term. So it's really about bringing your team along with you for the journey. I like that. Point number six, risk and reward. Listen, non-project managers 
you have to guide through a process of identifying risk. It's like anything else in life. If you if you start identifying the uh, the, the risk and, and it's not being pessimistic, it's really being optimistic in a way because you're really saying, okay, what are the things, I know this may seem uh, backwards, but it's really, this is how we, how most uh, project managers approach is like, what, is, what can go wrong here? And when you have a really good uh, stakeholder uh, team, uh, excuse me, when you have really good stakeholders and you do this exercise, it, it really brings out things as far as that maybe you've never thought of. And so you start saying, what are all the things that potentially can go wrong? And you list them and then you start finding ways, you put it on your risk register and then you find ways to say, okay, if this happens, how are we going to attack it? So now you're being more proactive than reactive because I, I've led projects where they were like, oh, we're good. We, there's nothing. And I'm like, no, guys. And we keep coming back or in the meeting. I'm talking the first line item in the agenda is risk. Hey, what are risk, any potential risks that you may see or may not see? Because you may want to ask that question that you may not see. Well, it, 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 this may not happen. And so, but, you know, it, those are the ones you would really, truly want to write down. Because the ones that they don't think may not happen, unfortunately, are the ones that happen. But if you have a proactive response to it, oh, man, oh, you, you're, you're off to the races. And so just having the ability uh, to navigate change within the potential risks that come up and having a proactive approach or a proactive plan to address if that risk turns into a particular issue. Point number seven, fill in the educational void. Listen, for non-project managers, you may not have any formal training. That's okay. We're going to get you started anyway. You may not have the PMP. You may not even know what the PMBOK is well, you know now the project management body of knowledge. But the thing about it is, is that you still need to get started. You need to take the experience of what you've learned by leading that particular project and saying, okay, now what is the, what's the terminology be behind what I was doing? Okay, this document here, what is this, this project charter? Why does it have high level of about risk or high level about scope or high level about uh, cost and schedule? So, being able to go back in what I love to say is go do your homework of of what you learned through the through the progress. See, one thing about, you know, they used to always the cliche used to always be um, knowledge is power. Mm -mm. Applied knowledge is power. I've seen some people that have their CAPM or their PMP and then you give them a project. No success. And it's not because they're not well-intentioned, it's just that they got caught up in the theory instead of the real-life experience. So you have to be able to take the theory and the real-life experience and put it together. So again, applied knowledge is really power, not just learning, just to be learning. So empower yourself, family. Point number eight, Common hurdles on the track. Listen, I've, I shared it about risk, but listen, you're going to be faced with some challenges. I wish I could tell you that you wouldn't, but you're going to face things that you'll be like, where did this come from? I'll give you a couple examples. First one, resource constraints. You may be up against resources, well, especially during the holiday seasons where people start taking vacation and you really, truly need them there. 
for your project, but there's nothing you can really do at that particular point. So you have to find workarounds, a good workaround. I'm always going to give you a solution or a proposed solution is get a calendar together uh, together to understand when are people taking a va uh, vacation that's on your team. Um, when you understand that, then you may say, hey, instead of this particular task, we may want to push it up earlier so we can ensure that it that it potentially gets done. Cost. You may find that your budget ends up getting uh, cut because they need the money to go to somewhere else. I know it would be nice to say, yeah, all budget is locked in, but you know, a priority may happen. There may be a shift uh, where an external factor may come in that you may need to address and the money that was was attended for this particular project, you might have to find ways to make some changes. Let's say you, you were going to get the full uh, platinum program on a particular software. Well, maybe now you may need to go to a gold package and then come back and revisit for an uh, upgrade. So you're constantly finding ways to overcome these particular hurdles. This is why I love this thing we call project management. And I hope you do as well because of the fact that it gives you an opportunity to learn how to be a problem solver, learn how to budget money, learn how to lead a team that may not even report to you, but you have an uh, opportunity to inspire and motivate. So family, I hope this touches somebody's heart today that are looking to make a transition from being a non-project manager to actually be an official project manager. Again, this has been your boy ED. Until next time, I hope you enjoy. Nah, I'm out. <laughs>